We hope you're blessed and encouraged by the following study from Calvary Chapel, Elmani. It's our simple prayer that you would grow stronger and deeper in an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Should you have any questions, please feel free to contact us here at Calvary Chapel, Elmani. All right. Well, if you have a Bible today, let's open up to Luke uh, chapter 12. If you don't have a Bible and you want to follow along with us, you can raise your hand and one of the ushers will bring you a Bible. It's always cool to follow along. And if you don't have one, of course, you know, you can keep that Bible. But we have a heavy study for us today. You know, one of the things, I don't know if this is your first time to Calvary Chapel. I don't know, you know, maybe you've been here a lot. Uh, maybe you're not aware of this, you know, something about this church is a little different. And one of the things that we do is we just teach through the Bible. You know, sometimes you'll go to a church and they'll pick that verse over there. And then next week, you know, they'll pick that one over there on the other side of the book or whatever. And what we do here, you guys, is we just kind of teach through the Bible. Um, you know, it's our way of just covering everything. And so we find ourselves here in the section of uh, Luke where Jesus is going to speak. He's going to be speaking a pretty heavy message, you know. And so we need to just take it uh, from the lips of the Lord, understanding like we're going to see today that he really is, you know, your friend. Your friend shoots straight, huh? Your friend breaks it down. Your friend doesn't hide, you know, things that, you know, he thinks will offend you. Your friend will tell you things that are important, even if they hurt you. Why? Because he doesn't want you to be harmed in the end. That's the way real friends are. And that's the way Jesus is with us, you guys. And look what he says here in Luke 12 and verse 4. He says, And I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. And after that, have no more that they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. You know, what was happening, you guys, right now is the Lord is preparing his disciples for their calling and their commission in life. You know, they were to go out and to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, in those days, and sometimes, you know, we go to different places in the world, that can be a very dangerous thing. You know, back then, Caesar was Lord. Jesus wasn't Lord. You know, that's the way they thought. The Roman authorities, eventually it came. There were ten persecutions. You know, and so when you go around and you share the gospel of Jesus Christ and you pray, hey, Caesar's not Lord, Jesus is Lord, you know what they would do? They'd cut your head off. They would kill you. They would crucify you. They crucified Peter upside down. But see, the Lord used these 12 men to turn the world upside down. Because they realized that it wasn't about them and it didn't matter whether or not they died. Because all man can do to me is take my life. But then what? What's going to happen when we die? Will we go to heaven or will we go to hell? And so the Lord, he just, you know, he makes it very simple for us. He says, listen, don't fear those who can kill you physically, you know. Don't worry about dying. We're going to see that later. The fear that you really need to have is the fear of God in your life. Because, you know, if you're a Christian and you're messing around, he will give you a trangaso, right? He will spank you, right? 
How many of you guys had parents that used to spank you, just out of curiosity? And how many of you had parents that whipped you and beat you? (laughs) Now, sometimes that's probably taken to an extreme, but every once in a while you get a parent who knows the way that it works. See the extra padding we have right here? Okay, that's where you're supposed to hit your kids, okay? And don't use your hand, use a paddle. That's all you need to do, okay? Don't sock them, don't bruise them. But when they mess around, it's okay to give them a pat right there. You got you to gotta use that discipline. You know, you can't teach your kids unless they understand the authority you have in their life. Otherwise, what ends up happening is your kids will teach you, right? <laughs> you need to establish that authority as a parent just as our father establishes his authority over us as Christians. And if we mess around, he's going to discipline us. He's going to chasten us because he loves us. And in one sense, that should establish, you know, a fear in my life. You know, I fear God. I really do. I need it to grow in that area, but I do fear God. You know, I don't want to fall into sexual sin. I don't want to have an adulterous affair because I know what God will do to me. He'll kill me. And he'll use my wife to do it. I promise you, man. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> I fear God. What if I mess around? What if I don't pray? What if I don't read? What if I don't care? What if I don't love? Then God's going to take me away and say, you know what, I don't want you to be a pastor anymore. And he's going to strip me of the calling in my life. I know that because God doesn't mess around. And that's why we have to have a healthy fear of God. He loves you, man. Don't get me wrong. But he loves you enough to chasten you. You know, if you're a Christian, that's what ends up happening. But if you're not a Christian, you've got to have a healthy fear of God that goes even farther because he says right here, you know, don't fear those who can take your life. But rather, Jesus says, I say, this is who you're supposed to fear. Fear him who after he has killed has the power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. See, the Lord just breaks it down really straight really simple when you and i die it's not over it's not over you know you don't get reincarnated into some other person you don't turn into a you know a cow in your next life or anything like that you know i remember one time i had a guy told me you know what when i die i'm just going to stay six feet under I told him, well, you know what? You can't prove that. You know what? Look inside. Close your eyes. You know there's a soul inside of you that lives on. There's no place called purgatory in the Bible. It's either heaven or hell. The Lord does not want us to go to hell. You know, what ends up happening, you guys, is when we sin, we separate ourselves from God. And so what ends up happening, man, is if you die in your sins, Jesus said you're not going to make it to heaven. And so what does the Bible say? God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He does not want us to go there. And so what he does is he came, he died, he sends his apostles out, he sends his people out with a very simple message. And that message is for us to understand that Jesus Christ died for our sins and that if we would simply humble ourselves, repent of our sins and trust in Christ as Lord and Savior that you and I right here, right now will be forgiven of all our sins and when we die, we'll go to heaven. You know, the Lord is, is, is sharing with us as a friend. You know, I don't say this, you know, some hellfire and brimstone spiteful way. You know, I don't. 
You know, every once in a while you see these guys and they got signs. You guys ever seen them on the news? God hates, you know, and you fill in the blank. And that's not the way God operates. God hates sin, but he does not hate sinners. He loves sinners. He loves you. The Bible says in Romans 5, verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were his enemies, he died for us. And so what we see is the Lord say, listen, I'm your friend. And when you die, I want you to be with me. And so what you need to do is you need to fear God and, and not man. You know, I remember one time I was talking to a mom whose son was in prison and he was in this high, you know, uh, security prison. And even in this prison, he was in the hole. And she told me that he was only getting out a half hour a day. So he's in there for 23 and a half hours every single day for five weeks. And what she told me was that God was working on his life. And what ended up happening was God saved him. And God began to minister to him. And God began to share with him things about the Lord. It was a true and genuine conversion. And what ended up happening was this guy, he told his mom, you know what, I'm going to come clean. I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to walk in the light. And the mom, she got scared because you know what happens when these guys tell the truth? A lot of times they die. They die. You know what her son said? I will not fear man who can take away my life. I will fear God who can cast my soul in hell. And that's a choice that we have to take. Let me tell you something. The fear of God casts out all other fears. See? And the fear of God needs to be the priority in our life. You know, hell is a real place, you guys. The Bible says in the book of Revelation chapter 20 that one day God will even take hell, which is just a temporary holding compartment, and then cast it into the lake of fire. Jesus spoke more about hell than he did about heaven. Why? Because he does not want you to go there. Moses said this, I said before you, life and death. Choose life. Oh, God sent me to hell. God didn't send you there. It's up to you. Where do you want to go? See, and that's the fear that we need to have, you guys. We need to have a fear of God. It's a healthy fear that will make us holy. It's a healthy fear. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We need to understand that this is real. And so we read in verse 6, the Lord says, don't fear man. Don't fear what he thinks about you or says to you or can do to you. Don't fear man. Fear God, because that's the bottom line. But then he goes on to say, but I don't want you to fear death. Look what he says in verse 6. Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins, and not one of them is forgotten before God? The very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. And so God says to us, he says, listen, don't fear men. Don't fear what he can do to you. In those days, man, you talk about crazy tortures that would take place. God says, I don't want you to fear him. 
What I want you to do is to fear me so that you can go out and you can preach the gospel of Jesus Christ so that nothing will get in your way. You know, I actually talk to people because sometimes we've done missions trips. We've gone to Mexico. And they said, you know what? The reason why I don't want to go on a missions trip to Mexico is because it's dangerous over there right now. And you know what? You know what? They might kill me. They might kill me. And you know what? If the Lord doesn't want you to go on a missions trip to Mexico, that's cool. Don't go. But don't let that be the reason. Because if that's the reason, then what's going on? You're fearing man. You're fearing death. And you're not fearing God. Do you guys remember what happened in the book of Acts chapter 13 and 14 when Paul went on his first missionary journey? What ended up happening was Paul understood what Christianity was all about, that it's not about my life, it's about his life. It's that I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And he knew that his calling was to do what? Was to share Jesus Christ with the whole world, man. And so what ended up happening was Paul the Apostle would go and he would go to city after city and he went to Lystra and then he went to Derby. And you know, as he's going to these different cities, what ended up happening was in one of the cities, they persecuted him and they were going to stone him. So what ends up happening? He just follows the Lord. He goes into the next city. And what ended up happening? You guys remember the story? They stoned him. They killed him. If you read 2 Corinthians chapter 12, they killed him. And so what ends up happening? All the guys that gathered around him, he rose up again. And so what did he do next? Do you guys remember? He didn't split. He didn't quit. Let me tell you something. If that happened, 999 out of 1,000 Christians would tell him, don't go back. Why? Because we play it safe. What did Paul do? He went back. He went back into the mix, back into the place that was dangerous. You know what he basically said? He said, I will not let the devil stop me. You see, and that's the heart that we have to have. He basically understood what Jesus says right here. He says in verses 6 and 7, what does the Lord say? You know what? As long as you're in my will, you're in the safest place you could ever be. Five sparrows sold for two coins. That's what he says right there. In other words, they were the cheapest thing available in the market. And God says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 29, and yet not one of them falls to the ground except for your father's will. He knows all about it. He knows when the bird flies. He knows when the bird dies. He's in total control. And if that's the way it is with the sparrows, how much more so with you? Do you understand? That you are divinely protected until God says you're done. But not a moment sooner. You see, and that's what the Lord is trying to communicate here. You know, it's so detailed, you guys. He even knows how many hairs you have on your head. Imagine that, man. Any redheads here today? That natural redheads? Is that a curiosity? <laughs> they say that if you're a redhead, you have 90,000 hairs. That's what they say. And if you have dark hair, you have somewhere around 120,000 hairs. And if you're blonde, it's, I didn't know this, you have 140,000 hairs. And so I would say, try counting it one day and you find out for sure. But, um, you know, the Lord knows exactly how many hairs you have. And what's that saying? And we see that in Luke 21. We see it again later in Acts 27. It's just an expression of the Lord saying, I got you. 
I got your back. Nothing can stop you, Michal. Nothing can stop you, my daughter. You are divinely protected by me. And so don't let anything stop you. Why? Because there is a gospel to preach. And we need to go out and do that. You know, I don't know why, but sometimes, man, we get caught up in our own life. And a lot of times we don't do the things that we should. Look what the Lord says in verse 8. Also I say to you, whoever confesses me before men, him the Son of Man also will confess before the angels of God. But he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. What this is right here is a reference to the connection between today and the day. The judgment day. One day, everyone will stand before God and give an account. If you confess Christ here, then check it out. He will confess you there. But if you deny Him here, then He will deny you there. You know, sometimes people are ashamed of the fact that they're Christians. And they get, you know, they'll come to church. Oh yeah, I'll go to church. I'll do the church thing. But in front of my friends, I'm a different person. You know what that means? You're ashamed of Jesus. And let me tell you something. It will come right back at you. You deny him, he'll deny you. He'll be ashamed of you. And that's why it's important for us to really, you know, take that stand and to be bold. You know, I remember when I first got saved, you guys. I remember because I grew up, um, I was first with my mom and dad. Then I got raised by my aunt and uncle. And my aunt was a real, real hardcore, you know, Catholic and I remember when I got saved, you know, when I gave my life to Christ, I came back and I, and I talked to her and I told her, you know, Thea Mary, you know, praise God, you know, I'm not high anymore, I'm not drunk anymore, I'm not sleeping around anymore. You know, I'm getting my life right, I even took away the profanities of my life. It's incredible what God's doing in my life, you know. And then she was so bombed. She was like, mijo, don't leave Mary, you know. And, <laughs> And I said, you know what, Mary, it's not about Mary. You know, I know you got the same name and everything, but listen, it's not about that, man. I said, Jesus died for me, and I just want that life in Him. But the thing about it is, this is what happened to me, is when I got saved, I just went and I started telling people. I told my Thea Mary. I told my, my friend, you know, Paul. I told my friend Carl. I told my friend Bill. I told my friend John. I told all my friends that I was a different Man, now. And I confess Christ. And I'll tell you, man, it, it, it brings out power. You know, because your friends, they need to know where you stand. I'm not saying that you're weird or anything like that. But you know, we got to make sure that we're bold in that. Here the Lord says, If you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father who is in heaven and my angels. It's going to be a crazy time. But if you deny me before men... I will deny you before my Father who is in heaven. You know, sometimes people don't even know you're a Christian. Why? Because you, you're just not, you're not, you're not open. We're not confessing. Romans 10.9 says, If we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. Believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead, that we will be saved. Philippians chapter 2 says, Every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You see, one day we will stand before him and we will give an account. If we deny him, he also will deny us, 2 Timothy 2.12. And so the Lord says, and he even tells us ahead of time exactly what he's going to say in Matthew 7.23. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. 
Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Matthew 25, 41, he will say to those on the left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And that's how important it is that today we confess Christ, you guys. We confess him before men. You know, maybe the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. You know, and the Holy Spirit's telling you about how much God loves you. Maybe you're understanding. God's really breaking it down really simple. Heaven, hell, go to heaven, follow Jesus. What will you do with that? Will you choose to follow him? Or will you just go and leave the same way you came? It's almost like the Lord says, will you marry me? Will you? Will you give him your heart? Will you follow the Lord? He won't force you, but he'll give you that invitation. Notice what it says next right here. It says in verse 10, And if anyone speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him, but to him who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven. And what that speaks about right there, you guys, is as the Holy Spirit in John chapter 15, verse 26, testifies of Jesus, you know, then, then listen. Listen to the love of the Lord. Listen to the life of Jesus Christ. You know, God wants to come into your life and he wants to mend your relationships. He wants to sanctify all your ambitions and all your possessions being given to him. You know, sometimes when I go through Almani, and I know Almani, you know, there's all, every city is in need. But sometimes I look at Almani and I think, man, not only are the people going to hell, but they're in hell while they're going to hell. They keep getting thrashed and they're hitting their head against this brick wall and the devil's having a field day with them. And I think to myself, Lord, you know, why? You know, and what ends up happening is we realize that, man, they're resisting the voice of the Holy Spirit. You know, that blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is basically when we choose not to listen to the voice of the Lord. You know, I remember before I was a Christian, um, I had a guy share the Lord with me. He, uh, they call it witnessing. And he was sharing with me. And, you know, you know, a lot of times, how many of you here before you were a Christian, you had people sharing the Lord with you different times, right? And who knows, man, maybe they were all like seeds planted and watered and things like that. But, you know, I remember this one guy, Tony, he was sharing the Lord with me and he was sharing so hard that he was sweating. You know, he was just like, you know, sharing the Lord with me, man. But I remember that uh, looking back now in retrospect, I did not understand a word he was saying because maybe it was just him. But when the Holy Spirit speaks and he makes it clear and you understand that you're a sinner in need of a Savior, that God is calling you to a deeper life today, that's the voice you want to make sure you don't resist. Because the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is simply what? It's simply a denial of his testimony. It refers to a total rejection of the testimony that the Spirit gives regarding Jesus and his plan of salvation. It's not so much a sin of the moment as it is of one's entire life. You don't want to die without listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit who is the one who speaks to you. Not me, not him, not her. It's God, it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you and drawing you to himself. 
And so the Lord, he shares, this is where I want you to be. In verse 11, now when they bring you to the synagogues and magistrates and authorities, do not worry about how or what you should answer or what you should say for the Holy Spirit. Here he is again. He will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. You know, it's really cool, you guys, when you study Christianity and you realize, you know, the Lord, he didn't go far. He, he didn't go far. He stayed within the nation. You know, he himself didn't write any books. He didn't have a degree. You know, typically it didn't seem like he would make a long and lasting influence. But what he did was he poured into 12 men. 12 men. He poured into them with all his heart. He walked with them, he talked with them, he ate with them, he hung out with them. And these 12 men changed the world. It was very simple. He told these 12 men, I want you to be strong. I want you to be strong. And when they threaten to kill you, don't let it stop you. I want you to be deep. I want you to be a real Christian. And as you're going out and you're sharing the Lord, man, understand, I will protect you. I got your hairs all numbered. I have my hand on your life. I'm sending you out as an apostle. You know, maybe you're here today and God's calling you to be a pastor. You know, we need pastors. Or maybe he's calling you to be a missionary. You know, an evangelist. I don't know, a teacher. Don't run from the calling of God. Because that's the calling of God on your life. But even if you're not called into, you know, full-time ministry or whatever, you know, there's other areas where God is stationed you, man. You know, I know people and they go to work and they share the Lord. And it's amazing to me how they're at work. They are, they've got like a mission field. And you see the fruit. You see the fruit. And they invite people to church and they're on constantly coming. They're sharing the Lord. They're getting saved. You know what? You're here. We're all here. And we have different locations. We have different spots. The thing is, is that, you know, a lot of times I think we forget. You know, why do you have that job? Why do you have that job? Oh, it's to make money. It's to make money, Manny. You know when I got to get me a nice house and a nice car, nice clothes, put food on the table. It's true. You know what? Having a job, it does that. And you guys that are men, you know, work. That's why God gave you biceps, right? To work, right? But that's not really, I think, all there is to it. I believe that wherever you are in life and the different relationships you have, and maybe it's at school, you know, at work, wherever you are, that you are to shine for the Lord. You are to live as a witness to the people that are around you going to hell. And you have to ask God for compassion to them. You know, Adrian Rogers said, one of the greatest sins in the church is a sin of silence. You don't say anything. You know? And that's why we have to kind of get out of our comfort zones. And we have to ask the Lord to help me to be able to share the Lord with these people who are dying. You know, the Lord right here is saying to those, and and when you go and when you share, I want you to know something, that I'll give you the words to share. If you were honest, just out of curiosity, how many of you here are afraid to share your faith with people? Just out of curiosity. 
Okay, good. You guys are lying to me. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I know a lot of you are. I know. I know how it is because I talk to people, you know. But it's not that difficult. It's really not that difficult, especially when you understand that the Lord want, is the one who will give you the words, okay? Um, you go to that hospital visit and you visit someone who is sick or you go to the house visit, you know, and you, you, know, you minister to them. Or maybe you go down here to McDonald's. And you're like, Manny, I don't go to McDonald's. Okay, okay, listen. You go to McDonald's and you get a salad, okay? <laughs> and then what you do is you're there and you're grubbing and you're eating your salad. And what you do is you whip out a, a church card, a real simple church card, you know? And th- let me tell you how simple it is. You go up to somebody and you say, here, I would like to give you an invitation to church. And then what they do is they say, no way. And you're like, okay. And you walk away with your tail between your legs, right? No, you don't worry about it. You go to the next person. You say, I'd like to invite you to church. And they say, okay. And then you just ask them, do you go to church? And then boom, right there and then, the Lord opens the door for you to share the Lord with them. I was talking to a couple people last week. So cool. I said, hey, how'd you guys find out about the church? They said, five months ago, someone gave me a card. And here they are today. And God is doing a work in their life. But we're too busy. Sorry, Lord, I got my own life to live. If we all caught the vision, imagine what God would do if we all began to see people the way the Lord sees them. I don't know if you guys have ever gone out uh, witnessing on the streets. How many of you guys have done that? You just cold turkey evangelism. You go witnessing on the streets. Okay, now you're being honest. All right, that's funny, man. Not that many of you, but every once in a while, step out. You know, that's kind of what they would do in the Bible, you know? <laughs> they would just kind of go witnessing like that. Anyways, imagine if you're going out street witnessing, you just, you know, and imagine if you're going with Jesus, okay? That would be cool, huh? Jesus and I are going. All right, let's just say you're having this conversation with Jesus and you're saying, okay, Lord, let's go street witnessing. And, uh, and then you tell him this, but I'll do all the talking. Okay, you just watch. You just listen to me. Watch what I can say. How dumb would that be? <laughs> and the Lord says, listen, man, when you go out and you testify and you're there you are before the Roman authorities or the Jewish authorities, there's a principle that I want you to understand that it's not you who's speaking. It's God who's speaking through you. And the best messages are when the man is not speaking, but when God is speaking. And it might not be the most eloquent message, but it will be the most powerful message when God is speaking through our life. So don't trust in your eloquence. Don't trust in the way it flows. You know, the timing or the rhyming, although I like that. You trust in the Lord, right? God can speak through a donkey. Okay, I qualify. (laughs) Because it's a simple message. I don't care who you are or where you've been. God loves you. And God died for you. And God wants to bless your life. God wants to give you life. And yes, you have the choice to say no. But you also have the choice to say yes. I will follow the Lord. And today I pray, you guys, that we would have that in our hearts, man. That as the Lord, really the whole message, this is just about His disciples going out and not letting anything, anything stop them, that we would go out and that we would not allow anything to stop us, man. 
that God would do a work. And if you're here today, just in case you're here today and you're not a Christian and you don't know the Lord, don't leave like that. You don't have to leave like that. Salvation is a free gift. All you have to do is receive Christ today as Lord and Savior. And you can walk away. You can stand up. You can live life totally forgiven and free. And when you die, one day you will die. You will go to heaven and not hell because of what Christ has done for you there on the cross. And so, Lord, we thank you so much for your word, your love, your grace in our life. And Father, as we now partake of communion together, Lord, I pray that you would do a work in us. You would just continue to teach us all these things, Lord, in our life. Father, I pray that you would touch every Christian here. Lord, deep in us, I pray for myself included that I would always have eyes to evangelize, Lord. That I would always reach out, Lord God, and be ready uh, to share the gospel with anyone whom you might want me to share it with. I pray, Lord, you stir us up, Lord, with this type of love and good works, Lord, to live a life for you, to have a healthy, a healthy, holy fear of God. And Lord, I pray if there's anyone here today who doesn't know you, Lord, who's maybe not saved, they just really haven't made that commitment, God, that Right here, right now, you would do a work, Lord, and you would touch lives. You would save, for only you can. And just with every eye closed, every, everyone just praying. If you're here today and you want to receive Christ as Lord and Savior, if you want to step into heaven, man, if you want forgiveness, if you want freedom, then right where you're at, I just want you to raise your hand and we're going to pray for you. The most important decision you will ever make. Thank you, Lord, for that hand that's gone up. Anyone else? It's funny how that simple hand, that simple decision, changes everything. The Bible says, if you confess me before man, I will confess you before my Father who is in heaven. But if you deny me before man, I will deny you before my Father who is in heaven. Don't fear those who can kill the body. Fear Him. Who can kill both? Today is a day of salvation, man. Don't be afraid. Anyone else? Right where you're at, just raise your hand. Thank you, Lord, for the hands that have gone up. Thank you so much, Lord. You want to rededicate your life to the Lord, man. You want to make that public. Anyone else? Thank you, Lord. It's not a decision between us. It's just you and God right now. Just you and God, and He loves you so much. Anyone else? Lord, I thank you for all the hands that have gone up, Lord. And I know, Father, you, uh, you see. Lord, I pray that you would just work in their hearts and lives and honor that, Lord. I pray that today would be the day, truly, Lord, of turning completely to you and just following you in a very simple love relationship. Protect them from the evil one, Lord, and do a work in all of our lives. We love you, Lord. We pray you bless this time as we partake of communion together. I ask in Jesus' name.
We hope you were encouraged by this study. If you have any questions, please call us at Calvary Chapel El Monte at air code 626-454-3414. Remember that Jesus loves you.